0: Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. MyTake now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the MyTake community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a MyTake book club, so anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and discord benefits, so I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes hey guys it's maya and i just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things i'm doing more posts more stories and i also have to say i've started a new series called the bottom shelf and it's video reviews igtv video reviews and i think they're super fun and they're all on instagram so go follow my take on social media and specifically on instagram at underscore my take with his new book, Project Hail Mary, Andy Weir is back in his element because it follows Ryland Grace, who is an astronaut alone in space, and he doesn't really know why, so like, we're back to kind of the Martian vibes with the astronaut being alone in space, but we do know that Ryland is in space because he's trying to save the world from certain destruction because of this thing called astrophy, or astrophagy, astrophagy, astrophy, astrophagy. Oh, fuck okay astrophe that's how i've been saying it in my head that's probably not how i'm gonna say it but i'm gonna say it that way anyways basically it's this plant that is eating up the sun's energy and cooling down the sun which has drastic terrible impacts on the world and earth and so rylan was supposed to have two other crew members but they're dead so he's all alone and i think that like i said in the beginning this is kind of what andy weird does best people alone in space so i liked this book better than i liked artemis but not as much as I liked The Martian because I think that has to be his best book. But I was very happy when my mom finally bought it for me because this book is literally $30 and I was like, I cannot justify spending $30 on a book, especially because it came out Around the similar time that the Anthropocene Reviewed came out and the Anthropocene Reviewed was also $30. And I was like, I cannot justify spending $60 on just two books. So my mom finally bought it for me and I'm very excited to talk about it. I also do need to apologize for the state of my voice. I just finished my last week of work. I worked teaching golf camps over the summer. And so my voice is at like peak gravelly and gross and worn out. Hopefully it will be getting better throughout the next couple of weeks and stuff as i am not yelling at kids every day but my voice is at peak shit right now so i apologize for that books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone i'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen so i figured i'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to which means no tuning out halfway through i'm maya gosh, and this is my take So as always with the book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and the writing was very good. Very classic Andy Weir which means we have a sarcastic narrator with lots of dry witty humor. This book also kind of a little bit like a very tiny bit felt like a murder mystery because Ryland has amnesia when he first wakes up so he doesn't know like why he's in space but he has like all of his memories and like his brain fully functions and stuff but it felt less and less like a murder mystery as we went through it because his flashbacks were very conveniently timed to help him remember stuff in a very chronological order. It wasn't like he remembered shit like out of order that was confusing him and stuff because I feel like if it was actually truly supposed to be a mystery novel it would be we'd get random flashbacks in different places so that suddenly all the information connects but we don't know all the information connects until the very end and like the same thing is true with this but with this, the information that we are getting from flashbacks is very pertinent to the information that Ryland is dealing with in space. So, it gets a little bit of that in the very, very beginning because we're like, oh, what the hell is going on? But then it kind of loses that. Though... I do have to mention of course within Andy Weir book, The Science Thing, and the science thing is basically that every time Andy Weir writes a book, he explains this shit out of the science because he's like such a smart human being. And there's always moments where the narrator is like, "I bet you're wondering why this works or I bet you're wondering why I didn't do this or why can I, and I do this or whatever." And I'm always like, "Look, narrator, I was not wondering because I'm not smart enough for this book. Like I really was not wondering." And usually it's not that bad and I can like a little bit skim the science parts and it's totally fine. But with this book, it was definitely the most sciencey of them all. It does actually make sense because it's the longest so clearly there's the most space for it to be sciencey. and we had to explain more of the science with the science of Astrophy and the science of Rocky and his planet. So, And there's more science that needs explaining because he's creating these things and having to bring them to life and explain all the science for the people that read his books for the science aspects. But it was so much that at times I was just like, I cannot do this, Andy Weir. Like, why are you doing this to me? It was so, just so much science sometimes. So, though, with the science thing, at one point he does write that... I don't remember what he writes or whatever, but he says it's pure energy. And I was told, I was drilled this into my head by my physics teacher, which I didn't even like my physics teacher very much, but this is like the one fucking thing I remember. Actually, I remember a lot from that class. I hated that class, but there was a lot of memories from that class that I still have. But he was like, I don't remember if it was like, it's not a vector But it was, like, something where it's, like, you can't have pure energy. I just remember him drilling that into our head. He's, like, energy is, like, a compound or some shit. Like, it's not a compound. But he was, like, energy is this. And because of that, you cannot have pure energy because you can't have pure this. So anytime you see somebody saying something in science fiction that it's pure energy, know that they're a fucking dumbass. Which, Andy Weir is not a dumbass. That's the thing. I, like, almost was questioning my science teacher. Or I was questioning my science teacher. Because I was, like, I know Andy Weir is not a dumbass. So I don't know why pure energy is showing up, but it made me think of that. So I had to mention it, but overall the writing was good. Like I said, the science stuff was a lot, but I love like the narration and the funny sarcastic dry humor. I also love the line. It was a scientific poke with a very scientific stick because that would be me doing science in space. I'd be like, well, I have a scientific stick and I'm going to give this thing a scientific poke because that is all I know how to do. So yeah, overall the writing was great so now we're moving on to the plot and like i said earlier we start with rylan waking up and he can't remember anything though at one point in this like very early stages he's telling his brain to come up with something like science related and all his brain can come up with is the fact that he's hungry and i love that and that was so relatable i was like yeah that's me like doing homework or at school i'm like okay think use your brain come up with something smart and my brain's just like i'm hungry give me food and so that was very funny but, like, we do see in these early stages how smart he is because he's trying to survive in space not knowing why he's in space and not even knowing where the fuck he is in space because we find out he's by, like, Tau and he's not even by Earth. So, we see him having to, like, use the resources that he has to figure this out with, like, no human contact and nothing and I could not survive this because... I'm not smart enough but also I would like just cry I'd be like I don't know how to figure this out like I just yeah it would suck but we see how smart he is with that and we also I think it adds to that that he's a teacher which I love that he's a teacher and I love that our main character is a teacher and not like like we see the aspects of him being a teacher but we don't see how he's it's not like our main character is a teacher in a romance novel where they're like oh I gotta deal with these kids and grading papers and this and that like we see him being a teacher, and, like, the love he has for his kids, and why he's so driven to work on this project in the beginning because of the kids, and the cool aspects of him being a teacher, too, how he's, like, able to problem solve, and process, and work with multiple personalities, and stuff, like, it's really cool, and so I love that he's a teacher, and I think that also does come into play a little bit in the beginning with him, like, figuring his shit out, because he has to adapt to so many situations being in a classroom that, like, it, must have been easier for him to adapt because he's not like a scientist that's lived in a very confined academia setting his entire adult life so I love that he's a teacher we also see how he gets to be kind of the one of the first people to ex- a, a, like explore and experiment on this sample of Ashby from the Petrova line which is insane because he's really just a nobody like it's very kind of chosen one vibes with like his life on earth because we see how much he does with astrophy but then he's such a dumbass that like we're so far down this project and people are like yeah well you're strats number two he's like i'm not fucking strats number two i'm just here i'm a nobody i'm like dude you were a nobody and then strat plucked you out and now you're her number two and you've done so much you figured out the life cycle you're like running all these experiments like if strat did not need you she would cut you loose we have seen that time and time again with that woman so clearly you're not a nobody So, it definitely was, like, very, very Chosen One vibes, and I was almost kind of okay with that because, like, he literally is set up to be alone in space. Like, that's the premise of the book. So, like, he can have a little bit of a Chosen One life. That's cool. Which, also, speaking of Stratt, I, my favorite Stratt moment in this book was when she gets sued over intellectual property, and she shows up, and she's like, I'm just here as a courtesy. Here is this pardon and that pardon and this resolution and that resolution and all of these different paperwork signed by all of these different important people saying I can do whatever the fuck I want and you're really trying to sue me over intellectual property. Like, I loved it so much. I also was suing her over fucking intellectual property. Like, it's going up into space for three more people to use it. It's not like she's broadcasting it to the entire fucking world. Like, it was so dumb and I love how Strat just walked in there and was like, here's the documents you need to prove that I can do whatever the fuck I want. Bye. And I can imagine her, like, I wish she would have flipped somebody off, too, because it was so good. I love that scene. In my head, she's, like, flipping people off as she's walking out, and I'm, like, flipping nobody literally off as I'm doing that. That's why that came to my mind, because, I don't know, I'm, like, flipping my computer off now. Okay, this is taking a turn. Moving on to other things that happened on Earth. We do a whole bunch of purposeful climate change to slow down the effects of astrophy, which is actually very interesting how it's, like, the take on it that Andy Weir has because this is a dystopia, but it's a dystopia in a completely different way because now I feel like a lot of dystopias coming out can use climate change and, like, have been using climate change to be, like, the basis of the destruction of the world. And he's like, no, 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 Climate change actually ends up being good because we get astrophied instead, which, like, clearly, I'm not trying to propote, be a proponent of, like, anti-climate change or whatever, like, climate change is real, the earth is warming, we need to do something about it, I'm very much a believer in science, but it was just funny that that was a thing, and then we were, like, doing purposeful climate change, like, it was definitely really interesting, and then, we have to see... Also, like, that's the thing. I really actually liked the Earth part of this. I liked the logistics of it and figuring it out. Like, that was really cool because I liked seeing how Strat has to make all these decisions, including paving the Sahara Desert with solar panels to breed astrophy. And then the biggest Earth thing is the fact that nine days, literally nine days before launch, the explosion kills the two people, which means that Ryland has to go but he doesn't want to go, so Strat literally puts him in jail and drugs the shit out of him, so that when he wakes up, he won't remember Strat drugging, drugging the shit out of him, and so he won't try and sabotage the fucking thing, like, that was insane to me, I mean, I don't put it past Strat, clearly, like, that makes sense for her character, but the fact that Rylan didn't step up, and the fact that that is how we got to that point, like, insane. Complete insanity. I loved it, and I was here for every minute of it, but it was complete insanity. So, that's kind of all I have to say on Earth. Now, moving up to, like, Rocky in space, Rocky in space, Ryland in space, the fact that he has to, like, bury his crewmates, like, I was sad even though I didn't know them, and, like, seeing his emotion and seeing the reality of the situation of, like, he's fucking alone was very scary and very sad, and then the fact that it's a one-way trip, Like, I didn't really believe he was going to die, but I believed the gravity of the situation that it was a one-way trip, you know? Like, it was just a lot of emotions in that very beginning phase with, like, him being alone and him having to bury his crew and it being a one-way trip. It was just, like, it was a lot. But then, Ryland does something stupid like freaking out in Zero G and... It makes me laugh and smile, and that's why I love Andy Weir, because it's, like, so serious, but, like, your narrator is so funny that you can't help but laugh and, like, enjoy the hell out of your experience reading this book. Like, it was great. And then we see Rocky's ship, and he sends, like, the little bursts back and forth until they finally decide to meet up, which was such, like, online dating but in space, but it's, like, online dating without a picture. Like, he didn't know if Rocky was hostile or not, so I was definitely a little like scared but then it again becomes funny because he has to like chuck a chunk of his hole at rocky's ship so that rocky can build the tunnel and speaking of rocky oh i love rocky and i love how Andy were developed him how like the iridians are so close to humans but also not and like all of the different aspects of rocky including the base six numbers which like i could never do base anything else than ten because i remember one time i was doing some like mensa thing in math in like sophomore year so this was like trig and there was something about like an alien life using a base 4 number system and i could not wrap my head around it so the fact that ryland gets onto it very easily is like insane like like i just i couldn't do another number system and i couldn't write another number system so props to anywhere but the Basics number system, the fact that Iridian C was sound and not light, which was very cool, and I appreciated the dynamics of, like, them figuring out communication because of the fact that Iridian C was sound and not light, and I love how they use music to communicate, and I love how Ryland uses the software to figure out, like, how to, like, like, they figure out how to code his language, basically, because I would never do that. I would just die, because I would never figure out how to communicate with Rocky. Once again, like, I am not smart enough to be an astronaut, so it's so cool, but then it's also really interesting to see how, like, advanced but set back Andy were made them, and I feel like this could be a social commentary on us, because we're so advanced, but we're, like, fucking up our climate and all of this stuff, but it's, like, Rocky's in space, but doesn't know about radiation poisoning, which is how all of his crew died, which fucking sucks, or he doesn't know about, like, you know, time dilation or relative physics, which, like, I don't know about that stuff either, but, like, I know they exist, and I kind of have, like, like, I get time moves differently in space, and I get radiation poisoning is a thing, and I get that physics is complicated, and I, like, have heard of Einstein's theory of relativity or or whatever, right, so it's really interesting to see, like, their knowledge base compared to humans, and I feel like that actually, like, like I said, could be a social commentary on, like, how we have all these answers for, like, space travel and this and that, but, like, people are still dying of preventable diseases and more- maternal mortality rates are still super high in a lot of countries that do not need to be super high and stuff, so it's definitely really interesting the way that played out. I also love that Rocky is this, like, kick-ass engineer and he can always make things. Like, that feels like it would be super helpful in face and, like, clearly it does become super helpful for a lot- Ryland in a lot of things, and it's just like, it's so cool, all the little things about Rocky, like, they need someone to watch them sleep, but they don't sleep a lot of time, and they weigh a ton, and live 689 years, and like, have this really disgusting way to eat, and like, don't want to watch people eat, because eating's not like a a pleasure thing for them, it's like a, like, have to do this for them, so it's just like, Andy Weir did a really, really good job developing Rocky, and making Rocky, and, and doing alien life in a way that's interesting and far-fetched but not so far-fetched that it's believable or not so far-fetched that it's not believable but not so far-fetched that it's also like not Where am I saying basically it's like far-fetched enough but still believable which I really appreciate and then we meet Rocky and Rocky moves in it really is like they're in a relationship because like we do the blind dating and the like texting back and forth like the signals and then they meet up in the tunnel and now Rocky's like moving in with all of his shit hand Rocky says that he has fuel to get Ryland home which like I said I never believed in it being like a one-way trip and the fact that Ryland was going to die but I also never believed that he was going to get home like I had a feeling they were going to be tied together for a while you know like I didn't think it was going to be Ryland returning home being victorious because we've seen that with Mark Watney and The Martian, and we've seen like Jazz have a very like happy arc in her home planet. So I thought this time he was going to actually have somebody maybe not stay in their home environment but still be good. So there's that. Then they explore Adrian, and Adrian has a sample that has life in it. So Astrophy has a predator, which is so cool. Though they have to get a new sample, and there's like a bunch of issues with thrust because all of the astrophy get horny and leave when they get so close to adrian so the fact that rocky almost dies was not okay and then the fact that we think that Ryland was helping clean rocky out by like puffing out the black shit from his lungs when actually the black shit was what was like covering rocky's injured body parts so that he could survive and heal himself so like it was just such a mess because we went from this high of like oh my god we can fix this problem to like holy shit Rocky's almost dead and that's not okay and I didn't appreciate it and like things do work out in Andy Weir books but I was kind of scared that Rocky was going to die but he doesn't um and they finally get Tamiba in action but of course because it's an Andy Weir book and anything that can go wrong will go wrong. The Tamiba have to get into the fuel supply. So we're a little bit fucked and we have to steal the beetles which requires this big EVA. We get back to Rocky ship so we get like fuel and we get supplies and stuff and we breed nitrogen resistant Tamiba which is very very cool that we're able to do this but also very very sad that the only reason it works is because one of the astronauts On board wanted to die via nitrogen poisoning, and that's the only reason they have nitrogen. So it's like, I like how that detail came around, but I was also like, shit, why did that detail have to come around? That's so sad. Why can't they just generally carry nitrogen in things so like we didn't have to bring up that and like tug on my heartstrings? Like it was a lot, but we breed them, and Ryland has to do a bunch of EVAs, including cleaning out the fuel bays, which that just sounded like it really fucking sucked. Like I'm such a klutz, me thinking about, like, doing an EVA and having those, like, gloves and not being able to, like, find motor control and stuff, I just, no, doesn't, doesn't sound like a good time, you know, like, I just, that sucked, but speaking of things that sucked, the goodbye between Rocky and Ryland, I was so sad, I was like, we're never gonna get to see Rocky again, like, I didn't think he was going home, but I didn't know, I was just like, this is so sad because he can't live on air and, like, Rocky can't live on Earth, and we're never gonna see him, and we have this connection, and, like, it wasn't even, like, they could talk to each other, too. It's not, like, they're on different planets or whatever, like, Jazz and her friend in Artemis, like, they, mm they were never gonna get to see each other. They couldn't use Zoom, like, it was a lot, so I was, like, no, you can't leave him, but then the tell me about escape because they bred to be resistant to Xenonite, too, so, of course, he has to turn around and go save Rocky, and I was, like, oh, shit, like, he's, He's sending the Beatles off, clearly, so he's doing his job and saving Earth, but then he's going to save Rocky, and I'm, like, happy they're going to be reunited, but then I'm like, fuck, he's never going to get to go home, so, like, what's he going to do, and how's he going to survive? He doesn't have fucking food. He's going to die, but Rocky gives him the idea, because they're best friends, and they complete each other, and I love them, to eat talmeba. so he gets to come back to Arid with Rocky and live, like, his life, and we see 16 years later, like, a lot of fucking years later that he's, like, okay, first of all, he's eating burgers, bread from his own meat, which is really fucking gross, like, I get it, it's the only thing he has to eat, but it's just so gross, the fact that they had to do that, I was, like, why, he's, like, I'm eating a me burger, and I was, like, what the fuck is a me burger, and he explained it, I was, like, oh, no, no, don't want to eat that, but he eats a me burger, and earth is okay, we finally get news that earth is okay, Because the Beatles made it back, and they were able to use the Tamiba to destroy the Astrophy and save the planet, and the sun is bright enough, so Rylan, like, has the opportunity to go back if he wants to, but, I mean, in my mind, he doesn't go back because he's built a life for himself on Arid and he could never leave Rocky, so... He has the opportunity to go back, but he doesn't. And now he's a teacher on air reading. He has his own little home and his dome and, like, the bubble and stuff. And just, it's so cool. So, to wrap up this episode, the book was so good. I had such a fun time reading it, despite all the sciency stuff. I have learned by reading Andy Weir to, like, zone out the sciency stuff a little bit. So, loved it. I liked it second like I said earlier so my the Martian is my favorite and then Hail Mary and then Artemis but I did like this book really in the middle was kind of like slowing me down but then in the end definitely picked up with like finding the predator and all the stuff and then I loved how it ended with him and Rocky and him living his life on air like that was so cool and so cute and I loved it so much and I'm kind of sad that it came out recently because I can't wait to see what Andy Weir does next because I love his books. And I feel like every time I read one of his books, I want to go reread The Martian because I love The Martian so much. So maybe I'll do that. But, oh, speaking of, I never plugged these. I have episodes on The Martian and Artemis by him. So if you want to go check those out, you can. It would be easiest to find them on my website website. Um mytake.weebly.com or weebly.mytake.com one of the two of those it's in the description of this episode it's in my Instagram bio like if it's a social channel or something like to me like it has it there but the easiest to find those there because I have a list of like all of my episodes and so you can just click them and there's the link to them so check those out if you want to and if you haven't read his other books read his other books and then go check those out because they're amazing and I can't wait to see what he does next and you know I will be here to make an episode on this so yeah i've been maya Gosh, and this has been my take on project hail mary by andy weir thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited um by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram, and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.